Well, hello and welcome back to the Be A Better Ally podcast. My name is Trisha Freeman. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. On today, we have an incredible guest, Angel Chang, who is an illustrator, and she actually was the illustrator on the book Too Much that you may have heard about if you checked out episode 143, where we interviewed the author, Jolene Gutierrez. We're going to talk about the book Too Much again, this time from the perspective of Angel Chang, the illustrator. Before I tell you a little bit more about this week's guest, I want to let you know that I know many of you listen to me on another podcast that I co-host. That's the Shifting Schools podcast with Jeff Udick. We have actually launched a brand new course for school leaders who want to make sure that their community understands AI literacy and the impact it's going to have on learning and society. We are making that course free from now until September 20th. If you would like to access Leading in the Era of AI free, you can learn more about doing so by heading over to www.shiftingschools.com. That link is over there for you in the show notes. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about Angel Chang, who happens to have, by the way, one of the most beautiful websites I think I've ever seen. The link to that will be in the show notes as well. Angel is an illustrator and art director based in Taipei, Taiwan, with a sensitive heart and passion for observing connection between all manner of things. Angel's artwork often seeks to radiate overlooked viewpoints and sophisticated emotions. Please welcome to the show, Angel Chang. Angel, I recently learned about your work through what I believe is your latest book. Correct me if I'm wrong. The book is entitled Too Much. I'm wondering if you can talk to our listeners about what drew you to that project um, and maybe talk to us a little bit about your process as an illustrator. Once you agree to work on a, a collaboration with an author, what does that mean for you? How do you, how do you get started? So I will answer the first question, which is uh, what drew me to the project. Uh, basically, when I received the manuscript, the writing was very captivative to me at first reading. And uh, I think the theme itself is really interesting. Like, because I remembering when I grew up, there is no book that is specifically for this kind of conversation and uh, I just feel like if I can illustrate something that is uh, normally not people will see day to day and but it's a conversation that needs to happen I would love to I would love to reveal that part and uh, like I Again, I think the message the book wants to send is very empathetic and uh, it really helps young kids to practice their kindness. And also it's a book also for the caregivers and educators. So I just feel like uh, if I were a child again, <laughs> I would love to have this book when I grow up. So that's the main reason i feel like oh this is something that i can do with my craft that is really helpful for readers and maybe more people 
that can relate to it. Yeah. Yeah, the, the book really starts a conversation. And of course, listeners, I'll remind you that we actually had the the writer, we had the author on a few episodes back. I'll link to that. And I'm wondering, Angel, you know, this is a book about sensory processing, about feeling overwhelmed. Um, and I feel like that's a really complicated thing to illustrate, like in many ways, I know that all books are supposed to impact us emotionally, but this is a book where the reader needs to really understand that the main character of the book is overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like that's a difficult thing to convey. Um, you know, am I misreading it? Was it an easy process for you as an illustrator or, or what helped you really decide how you were going to get that message across to the reader so that they could really feel what this character is feeling? Yeah, that's a really great question. Uh, uh, when I first read the manuscript, I, I was immediately getting a lot of feelings and emotions that I know the image is gonna be intense, and uh, I the the color comes first though. Like for my process, it's kind of I doing backwards because a lot I I know a lot of professional, they do sketches first. They try to get the idea down first, but with me personally, I have like personal connection with color stronger than what's gonna happen in the picture so what happened was when i read a script what immediately comes to my mind is i think the color is going to be very essential to this book and because it's overwhelming that like you said when you read the text you can feel like how the child trying to express the thing that annoys her but she cannot find the perfect words so it's all about I it's quite quite like I don't like this I don't like that it's too much and I think it's perfect for just mix a lot of colors together and trying to really brings what the character was feeling and uh, of course the design helped kind of like gesturing like how the kids move when they when they get annoyed but i think my process is mainly how do i use color as a vehicle to carrying all this um different range of of what's happening inside of the kid and then really show it when when readers see the picture they can see the lighting they can see the palette and they can get the immediate um relate to how calm it is or how massive and or how messy that is yeah so I think that's mainly my process. Yeah. That's fascinating that you start with color, but as you were talking, it really makes sense because again, this is a book where the reader 
needs to understand overwhelming sound. They need to understand overwhelming energy. And it really makes sense to me actually to hear you say that you started with color. When you're working your way through the manuscript, do you also work on illustrations from beginning to end? Or do you start with the concept of the character first? Um, can you just kind of, I, I have no yeah. idea, your, your, yeah. your work is so fascinating to me. I'd love to know a little bit more about, is it, okay, page one, here we go. Uh, well, so that, that is a very good question as well, because I rarely got asked uh, on that question. And so what happened was I, because I know, uh, because I, I've read that whole manuscript first, so I kind of know how it ends. So that it really helped me. If I am the author of the book, it might be totally completely different process because I got to play with any kind of possibility of the structure of the story. But then for this book, it already have its structure. So I, uh, at the time I decided to do the middle part, which is not actually the middle, it's like very close to the end. The, the, the first thing I want to um, really sh show in the illustration is the process on how the kids from feeling not okay to okay. It's it's quite simple, but I try to uh, bring it like visually. So at the beginning, I of course I started to draw something like how the kids annoyed would be like and how to show her pain or his pain. Like, but again, like when you're reading it, you don't want to see too many painful <laughs> facial expression or it's it's naturally for I think for human to see other people painful and they feel comfort uncomfortable. That's why I kind of I invented those um abstract blobs in the in a story to help company the girl and it stands on their own emotion like there is like a spiky one. And there is a round one, and there is a one is just like greenish, and it's kind of like soft, but it represents something like itchy, like the kids didn't like. But that is my very begin of the idea that I need to con convince both the author and the editor. Yeah, because that's something that didn't show in the text. Like in the text, they didn't say, oh, here's like this right. emotional beings that is company the girl. So then when I have this idea, I have, uh, of course, I have to illustrate it. I have to draw it out and I have to show them how I would apply those little creatures in the story. And that's probably the the very I, I think it's it's quite challenge to to adding something into it because again, like the text being written and the author of course 
um, many also have their own idea of how the pictures they wanted to look like. But I guess that's, that's why it's so good to have a collaboration. Like you can, you get to invite like new ideas and new perspective on how to show, how to reveal the same concept. So that's what I did. And then I don't go from first page to last. Um, so <laughs> what happened was I choose what's resonate with me the strongest, like emotionally. And I start to think how I want this composition across the page. I what I want to happen visually. And then I will go back and I'll go forth and I was just trying to figure out how to start and how to end. And in the in the gap and kind it, it it tends to like follow through. I don't know how to describe that because when you have most like it's it's like a key, it's like a hero image, I will call it. <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's a professional term or something, but that's the image that if I will pick one to represent the whole book, not necessarily the cover, but the interior, I'll pick that one. And uh, when you figure out how, how it starts and how it ends in the middle, it will kind of just, it will kind of just follow through because you know that's how naturally it will link all the images together. And that's, that's how I work mostly. So my my process is not it's not from one to the other, but it's like uh I will find you can call it the uh, the most essential part of the story, and then I will work it around it, and then trying to put everything together. At the end, <laughs> I love that. I think it's almost like deciding for me. I think, you know, if I'm cooking a meal, what's the most important flavor that I want, and what are the other flavors going to do to complement that flavor in a way? Um, but I love that you you talk about the collaboration piece because, you know, this is something that I only learned in the last few years of getting to interview artists like yourself and authors. Um, I always thought, you know, these two people pick each other. And I didn't realize actually often there's a publisher, there's an agent, there are other people who are making these decisions. Um, and sometimes it's not the illustrator's decision and sometimes it's not the writer's decision. So sometimes it can be like this forced collaboration, which is interesting because, it, you know, as a reader, I would say children's literature, that text is like a dance. And I need both of these people to really come together and agree, this is the kind of music that we hear. Um, you know, in order for a book to be successful for like the theme and the imagery to truly gel. And I was just so captivated by how perfectly your illustrations brought this theme to life. I mean, I really felt myself um, empathizing with the character, really thinking deeply about sensory processing disorders because i think you really do allow us to feel in our core 
what this protagonist is feeling. And I think, you know, children's literature is almost, I think, mislabeled because it's literature full stop for readers of all ages. Um, I'm often recommending it to school leaders because I think it's actually a very efficient way to learn about something in a short period of time. Um, and I'm wondering if you might talk a little bit more about what you think readers can gain when they give some more time to children's literature. You know, I, I listeners of this show are all adults, many of whom do still read children's literature, but for that listener who is there and is thinking, I have not picked up a picture book in a long time. I feel like the realm of children's literature has grown. Um, like I almost feel like we're in the golden era of truly beautiful, remarkable children's literature. So I'm wondering, you know, do you have other adults who, not just because you illustrate these books, but you know, they also enjoy children's literature you know, am I, am I just sort of being ridiculous right now? Or do you think there's some truth in what I'm saying? <laughs> no, no, you are not definitely not being ridiculous. And thank you so much for all the compliments. Uh, it's uh, for, for me, I, I, I think it's, it's interesting because personally, I, I didn't grow up with picture book as well. Back when I was a kid, it was a time. It's all about surviving. And, uh, so I pick up my I pick up picture books much later in my life. Uh, it's probably around junior or high school. Uh, really after what picture books should be <laughs> for the range of uh, like elementary school is mostly like kids will got very exciting about picture book or graphic novel and uh, maybe young adult novel i still read them all the time and i reread them too and uh, but i was lucky enough i can go overseas to study my master um and i i was surrounded by a lot of people was in love with this format because again picture book is like 32 page and you got lots of room to go from pages to pages with all, all the amazing art. And to me, it was just, it was just a really beautiful gift. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, like, I, I think everyone gains different things from children's literature. It's not just it's not just we're trying to simplify things. It's quite different, actually. It's like we try to be really genuine about the story we want to tell. And simplify things is not as easy as the reader will think. Because I... I for me personally, I think simplicity is one of the most challenging thing for doing art and doing writing. Because at the end, we when during the process, we're always trying to get as much like we can get out from our brain. Mm -hmm. But when we're trying to put everything together, that's the 
time that we start dreaming. <laughs> like we're trying to really think about what's the message we really want to say. But when it when the book is out, it's it's out of our control. So I cannot say, oh, you really need to have this message. <laughs> when you read this book that's not quite what we want as like two is kind of odd to do that so we just try our best to to really hopefully got the message across and um i think if like i am a dog now <laughs> i read a lot of children's literature i love how clever the text can be arranged. And I just love art. That's one sentence. Yeah, <laughs> I just love art. That, that is it. And uh, so I, 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 I think it doesn't matter how old are you. If, if you're like me, like you didn't grow up with picture book, there's no shame to pick up one, whatever ages you are. And, uh, I just I I just think because in children's literature it shows so many empathy. It's it's not like a I don't want to compare. It's it's just like I see how clever it is to just show day-to-day -day things and day-to-day -day life to kids and you can see how they resonate with that because kids can see in a picture book like oh this is like a dog that i have in the neighborhood and what happens to the dog like i can get really uh, empathetic about it i know it's hurting and i want to take care of it and if it's happy and the kids are happy too <laughs> and I still get the feeling when I read a book if if the tough thing if the story that is that I can really relate to like emotionally because I don't think you need a complex language to give like a very simple concept for kids I, I know as adults we my complex uh, complex things easily uh, but I think for kids they are most they are much pure and innocent so they can pick up concept very quickly and it's not children's literature is not downplaying or underestimate in any way I think like I think good writing come across all formats and for children's literature is definitely I would definitely not introduce to children's like oh this is the book for your age I would not do that I would just like oh this is story I really love and do you want to read it too like I would do that so I think that the category is is kind of helping people to find what they need to find the most efficient way but it shouldn't be the label of intelligence or any maturity. I completely agree with you. And I would almost say, 
I think the work of artists and writers who work in children's literature, the stakes are almost higher because you're working almost knowing that, you know, for anyone who has seen a child go through a book, and if they're going through that book with a friend or a parent or a caretaker, they are really getting absorbed in the details. They are, you know, not just turning the pages forward, they're going to go back and look again. And they're likely going to read that book four or five times in a month, right? Like they really are kind of super critics of it. So you have to have enough there, I think. You know, when a child truly falls in love with a work of of children's literature, they want to read it again and again and again. So is there enough for all of those reruns? But there's also almost this pressure on you. You know, this is this moment for us to hopefully help young minds fall in love with their own imagination. Um, And that's, you know, again, listeners, for anybody that has not yet picked up this book, please do, because I think, Angel, your illustrations are just really, when we're talking about helping kids see the power of imagination. And I think right now, because everyone in education is talking about AI, and, you know, we're (laughs) almost kind of asking the question of what is intelligence, I really want us to come back to this idea of why do we always separate, you know, the, the power of imagining or daydreaming from intelligence? Like, you know, it, it, it is incredibly important and your work reminds me of that. I know that we'll also have some educator listeners who they have an aspiring illustrator in their class or maybe in their family. And I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on what that educator can do to encourage them, um, you know, and and beyond the realm of you know learning to illustrate you also mentioned we talked a little bit about you know you have to be able to collaborate with writers which i am sure sometimes it's really easy and sometimes it's really hard so what are some of those skills that a professional illustrator has to have in order to succeed in what is a very competitive field so okay so this is a very good question and i will separate it into two parts uh, like for the uh, aspiring young artists and i think for anyone who would love to support them we we'll just uh, give them resources any kind of resource like if you got a local place that you can uh uh how do you say recommending them to learn more about what they want to do or practice more or to have a helpful feedbacks and that is a very important part to me uh, i was lucky enough i ca- i got to uh, get overseas to uh to study with artists i graduated from academy of arts uh, university in san francisco so i was lucky enough to have all this really great mentor and they look after me so at the time i think it really helps me to to be familiar as much tools I get my hands on as possible so I get to experience um what what would make a visual impact as an artist like because illustrator 
what separates us from fine artists is like we we are bound to tell story that people can can echoing like we want we want people to engage with our art but it's not and so that comes with the part that it doesn't mean that you do anything you want to do like you can do i i do that all the time in my personal practice like if you look at my personal art it's probably just my me and myself and i know what it means but it doesn't necessarily mean that other people will understand what it means so and it's always a challenge to find the way to tell story but that's the most fun part as well so i i think for young artists it's all about making just trying to making things if you got the patient uh a passion to make create just do it and if you want to support young artists find opportunities for them i do a lot of volunteer work when i was still our student um i volunteer for like nonprofit if they need a poster if they need a book cover or if they got the event going on i will volunteer to do the banner the cards the invitation <laughs> yeah just i know it's not ideal financially that's another part they needs to get figure out later on because artists we don't get work like today tomorrow and the day after we got work like once in a month or three months and then one work and so it's quite unstable so i would love to have someone to guide me through the financial part when i was younger that's another good supportive uh tool too like you you got to like we all have to pay the rent so let's figure out that and you if your passion can continue as you're surviving and and then let's let's see how we work as freelance like because it took me years to have that jump to not work in a in a in a for a company or to not work in an office and then working independently is totally different so I hope that doesn't scare anyone. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, but again, I think young artists any kinds of support that will help them achieve what they really want to do. It it would be nice. Yeah, it would just be nice. And then if we want to talk about the skill to work on collaboration to work with authors work with publisher i think you have to be really confident about what you are doing i mean like skill wise like you know how to draw you know how you want to color you stand with your creative soul mm. like that part if anyone get 
feedback on that we 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 tend to be really open to be honest like because we know like we're doing illustration and it needs to come across so many people so we are really happy to have feedback but at the same time i think sometimes the creative part needs to be looked after as well sometimes the feedback is a bit rigid like and that's the thing i think it's a good balance when you spotted it and you try to um you try to really help the other collaborators to understand what you see and that's the hard part and i think i practice that part never by myself <laughs> it's, it's just because you have to just don't don't think about illustrator writer and publisher just take all the professional uh name tag off we can just think about how do i make another human see what i see <laughs> yeah yeah but so okay let's go back if i'm an illustrator i do the best visually explaining things so maybe in order to help my team on this book to understand what i'm really trying to push on the creative side i have to do more maybe illustrate a couple more image that is eventually not going into the book but they can really understand where i came from uh was what i want to make a point visually and i think that's that's the mostly challenging part of making a book to me and uh, i think the rest you will just follow through again i think artists trust your craft trust your voice and uh, just really believe in sh in yourself like you can you can really express as you want it to yeah and then i know we i i tend i personally tend to be a most uh, more serious edit on my final art but when in the beginning i i try to be loose as much as possible because that's when that's when you feel like most i think free is the most the closest term i can find to describe i think it's like a lot of people say you're in the flow like so that's when um it was a magic hat. That's really powerful. And I, I think, um, you know, hearing you talk about learning to trust your own vision for a project, um, you know, you're saying that now as someone who's worked on multiple projects, right? So you also have that experience. And I'm wondering, are you able to identify, was there something that you worked on or someone you worked with 
or a certain project, or even maybe it's a certain page where all of a sudden you were able to get a sense of, now I'm in a place to have that confidence. Was it something that happened at a over a specific project or do you feel like you just actually really needed the years and years of work to get to uh, what you've just described? Well, I think it happens really randomly to, to me, like personally, it's not a consistency because I'm naturally an anxious person. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell. It's I guess it's hard to tell, but I'm easily anxious and I have a lot of self-doubt. I really like um that's why we we I I don't really share my process that often because that's the messy part. <laughs> and uh I know there's no perfect drawing. Uh, it's just, for me, it's, at the end, I, I figure it's not about how perfect I draw a line or circle or how, how, how sketchy I want it to be or the texture. Like, there's so many things you have to decide it when you put a brush stroke on on the page. When you have a blank paper, it just reflects to you like there's nothing there. <laughs> and uh, I feel like a project is always a good limitation. Like, because the topics gives you certain thing you can do or you don't want to do. And that for me is actually helpful mm. because it's actually easier than compared to you started with a blank paper <laughs> and uh, it gives you direction. And uh, for for this book, for, for example, when I work it on it, uh, at the beginning, I was feeling insecurity about pitching in those um emotional beings as well those um imperfect blobs and shapes as like little creatures and i was like i hope they really get a sense of what i want to say because i don't want to write an email that just writing down the words like i don't want the reader to see how painful the girl is yeah <laughs> i just feel like it's kind of weird that's let me tell them what I want to do that might help. And hopefully they can see like the way I wanted to help is good. It's um, yeah. So I did that. And most of the time, I, I think when you're trying to convince a concept or idea, that's the, that's the part you really want to show them. Like we can go back to just what we are talking about, um, uh, helping them to see what you see. And that's actually a pretty big part of my student life in the art school as well. A lot of my mentor, lots of my teachers, they, teach me the way to see things differently 
and mainly they are just trying to help to guide you find find your own voice, and that's something that you need to engage with the world, and then you get the feedback from the real world, and then you kind of mix it with your own personal aspect, and you come up with something newer or. Something you are feel like oh, well I think that's it. I think that's what I want to really want to say because sometimes artists we got too insecure about how people will see our art, and we forget like we can just keep putting out work. It doesn't necessarily to show it to public, but just to let yourself know that. Oh, what is what really what I want to do or what I don't want to do? Because sometimes you have to do it and see it, and then you realize like, oh, I think which one is really um show like which one is me? Like, yeah, and I think that's the the gift of visual art because you you see what you get. Like for us, like you can put down a stroke. I don't like it. I can do it again, and I think that's where confidence come from as well. Like during practice, you see how messy or wrong it can be, but at the end, when you relax, and then the skill part, I just don't worry that much. Like if you see the book, like in the page, there is a spread. Where I threw all the brushes and um colors and all the shapes and things, like I I just threw them into it. I don't try to control it. It's almost like I'm orchestrating all these elements that I already got in digitally. I compose in Photoshop, but uh, if in real life they are from Different page of papers, and that's that's the fun part. And I think when I done it, I just feel like, oh wow, I I think that's that's the vision. I I think that's the that's the voice I want to. I want my art to show, and I I think that's it. That's that's the confidence I have for a really fleeting moment <laughs> and I hopefully it will remain as as much and when the reader when the book got into the reader's hands yeah I think absolutely and anybody who picks up a copy of this book the illustrations are magnificent I mean they truly are just brilliant um so i i love the book and um again listeners if you've not picked up your copy yet or you've reminded your librarian to get it um this is a book that as soon as you finish you're going to want to start all over again very much in part to your amazing illustrations i'm so thrilled that you shared all of that behind the scenes 
information <laughs> with us. I am inspired to go back and look at um, your work prior to too much. And I, I would love to have you on the show again once you uh, once you start working on your next project. Angel, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank you so much, Susha. It's so many kind words. I really appreciate it. I would be. I would love to have have like this interview again like in the future well we'll have to do that and it's not kind it's it's just the truth so thank you so much oh, again thank you thank you trisha